Welcome back to CrimeFiction.fm, where we bring the authors of today's best mysteries, thrillers, and suspense novels directly to you. I'm your host, Stephen Campbell, and I'm here with Kristen Elise, the author of the Katrina Stone novels, the second of which, The Death Row Complex, was released last month. Kristen, welcome. Hi, Steve. I have to tell you, I... As some longtime listeners to this show might know, if if there's a series involved, I'll always go back to the first book and read the beginning. And I have, I wasn't able to read just the beginning, so I, I had to, <laughs> it took me two sittings to get through the entire book, and then I, I moved on to the second book, and I love these books. I love I loved the stories, I love the characters, I love everything about these books. They're just fantastic, so congratulations. Oh, thank you so much. That's wonderful to hear. I really appreciate it. Now, for people who might not be familiar with your books, it, it's interesting. Um, the first book actually precede or comes after the second book. So yeah. if someone's going to read them and in a particular order, what, what do you recommend? <laughs> Right. Well, yeah, everybody asked me that. I I actually, and, and to add to that a little bit, I actually wrote the second book before I wrote the first book. And um, so the Death Row Complex is actually 12 years old um, uh, with, with updates, <laughs> Up, updates that have been going on for 12 years. But I started the Death Row Complex first. And um, when I got the idea for the Vesuvius Isotope, I put the Death Row Complex on the shelf and I because I wanted to put the Vesuvius isotope out there first, and I wanted readers to read the Vesuvius isotope first and then go back to Death Row as a prequel. And so that's kind of the way that the series was designed. But I think that in practice, it probably doesn't really matter which one you read first. I I don't know. Um, I, I don't really think it matters, although both books, I think, leave one or two kind of nagging open questions that you have to read the other book to get the answer to. So, um, you know, long story short, I think that it probably doesn't matter which order you read them in, but I think that Either way, you're you're going to be a little irritated that you haven't read the other one. That's that's my hope. That's clever. Um, clever writing. That's my hope. And well, I, I thought it was clever at the time. Although I've gotten some critiques that were like, you know, she never answered this question. <laughs> so, what? Tell us about tell us about your heroine, Katrina Stone, because she's a fascinating character. I love reading about really smart characters, and she is one of those. Oh, thank you. Okay, so Katrina Stone is a drug discovery biologist, which means that for her job, she looks for molecules that are going to be made into medicines. And in the Vesuvius isotope, which, as you mentioned, is the is later chronologically, she's a cancer drug researcher. Um, now, in the death row complex, we go back to her earlier life where she's working on uh, biological weapons. She's working on anthrax. And um, so... What what I like about this character is that she these are in a way they're kind of amateur sleuth novels because she's not a an FBI agent or a police officer or a detective of any kind but she's thrown in these situations where she has to investigate. Um, although I usually think of amateur sleuth novels as being cozy mysteries and mm-hmm. th- these are these are definitely not cozy mysteries. So she's thrown in situations where she has to investigate a murder or a series of murders, and and that 
always in these books, the common denominator is that it ties into a theme where it has something to do with a medicine that she is out to look for. And so she she has to use her her skills as a scientist to become an investigator of a crime. And um, in, in a way, she, she is an investigator. It's just because she still is always doing research and she's applying scientific method to try and understand what's going on in a crime. Now, if you were a cab driver, I would think to myself as I was reading this that this woman doesn't know what she's talking about, so I don't have to pay any attention to the scientific details. But it turns out you're not a cab driver, so I did pay attention to the scientific details, and I felt like I learned a lot. So give listeners a, a sense of what your background is, and I'm, I'm assuming it doesn't ever involve driving cabs. <laughs> right. So I'm not a cab driver. So I am a drug discovery biologist, and that was where um, a lot of these ideas came from, is from my work. Like Katrina, I actually started in anthrax research, and I ended up moving to um, cancer research, which is what I do now. Um, and the actually the idea, the sort of seed of the idea for the death row complex came from a discovery that I actually made in a laboratory that kind of creeped me out and made me think, "Wow, what if this happened? What if that happened?" And that was kind of what made me start writing these books in the first place. Um, but yeah, I so I do um, I do throw a lot of real credible science in. I try to make it understandable for lay people. And I have a lot of, you know, lay beta readers that read my books and tell me if I'm getting a little too overboard with the scientific gibberish. And uh, I try to, I try to make that because I don't want these books to be something that you have to have a PhD in biology to understand. I can assure you that I'm as far from someone with a PhD in biology as is as humanly possible. And I understood <laughs> the book. So. Oh, that's good to know. That's very good. All right. Um, the, g- give us a sense of the setting for the second book, the one we're actually talking about today, The Death Row Complex, because the first book was more of a globetrotting thing, where uh, she's just zipping around and all over the place, but The Death Row Complex sort of takes place in uh, one general area. Right. So The Death Row Complex takes place almost entirely in San Diego, and um, San Diego, I think, comes in a little bit as a character. It's a very interesting town. Um, we actually, here in San Diego, we have such a high density of science. So that has um, definitely influenced my career. I, I live here in San Diego, and I've lived here for a long time. Um, and Katrina lives in San Diego because this is where so much science is. Really, in the in the United States, there are three big hubs for science. It's Boston, it's the San Francisco Bay Area, and it's San Diego. And aside from that, um, San Diego is... A, the military hub of the West Coast. And so we have such a huge military presence here. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's kind of an interesting uh, combination of of people that we have here in San Diego. And I think that that kind of plays into the book as well a little bit. Um, So, yeah, I I really think that San Diego is a great uh, setting for for a story like the death row complex. Now, this is going to be an odd transition, but I <laughs> I I went I was at your website yesterday and I clicked through to your Pinterest account and having just read both the books, I loved what you did having the uh, the Pinterest boards for each book because some of the areas I'd kind of been to before and some of them I hadn't and I wanted to be able to to really see what it was like. And for example, there's a there's a very dis a very well-described path down to Black's Beach where um, people go running and discover (laughs) naked people. 
And, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it was cool to see that picture. It was cool to see a picture of uh, this restaurant at the top of some hotel in San right. Diego that I actually oh, yeah. I thought I had been to. But when I saw the picture, I realized I hadn't. So that was kind of fun. And that's a fun thing for readers to do. Um, I assume that's intentional that you put those the images of the different spots uh, that oh, are featured yeah. in the book in there. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You know, I, I love Pinterest for that reason. I just I absolutely love Pinterest. And, um, you know, the Internet in general, I can't imagine trying to interest people in these books if we lived in a day where they couldn't actually see what I'm talking about. <laughs> and so, um, yeah, because I, I think that these books do have a lot of a lot of visual mm-hmm. um things in them that I just, I want to be able to show readers and say, you know, this is what it really looks like. So I'm not just making this up for drama sake, you know? Um, and so, uh, yeah, I, I really like Pinterest for that reason. There are a lot of, um, a a lot of locations and, you know, especially in the Vesuvius isotope, there are a lot of pieces of art and things like that, that, um, that play in. And I learned a lot. I learned so much for, about Cleopatra in, in the Vesuvius <laughs> Isotope. <laughs> that was so much fun. Just I just love to, to learn things as I'm reading and feel like I'm being educated as I'm being entertained. And I think, I think we all do as readers. Oh, me too. <laughs> you run a website called Murder Lab. Yeah. And I think that's where I first came across you. I found a blog, a blog post or something like that uh, that, that you had written that, I was just doing a Google search or something, came across you that way, subscribed mm-hmm. to the blog, and uh, have, have been reading it for a while. Uh, right. Why do you do that? Because it's all, I was explaining it to my wife yesterday, and I said it's almost like, you know, she's a scientist, and as she learns these things, she's documenting them. It, it seems like there's a lot of that in there. Yeah, yeah. So, well, I actually, so I actually have three websites. Okay. And I only found I, two. I, I feel bad now. <laughs> no, no, no. That's okay. Cause one of them is, is, um, well, I'll, I'll get to that. But, um, so murder lab was actually a, a, a website that I started when I first started trying to sort of create a platform, you know, a, a brand, a social media mm-hmm. presence. I, I started murder lab and, um, the idea behind murder lab, I call it a, a workshop for the mystery and thriller genres. And mm-hmm. it's just a, it's a gathering place. I basically, anybody that is involved in those genres, be it authors, artists, publishers, um, you know, anybody, I, I, I reach out to those people. I interview people, you know, and it's always been um, my way of kind of meeting a lot of people. You know, I meet a lot of people in the industry, different readers, different writers. And mm-hmm. um, so I've always used Murder Lab for that. And because of the fact that um, I'm a pretty new author, there have been so many things that I'm that I'm learning as I go, and and I've found that I've there's been a lot of interest on that website from a lot of other authors like me that are also learning things as we go, and so we do you know we just kind of use that site as a as a way to chat and say hey you know I just discovered this new thing that has helped me out and so mm-hmm. so murder lab that's really kind of the purpose of that now my official site though uh just kristenelisephd.com is where I talk about things that have to do specifically with my books and anything related to my books that don't really go there and so you know a lot of people on I found that on murder lab I'm there are a lot of people that are involved with Murder Lab that are that are in the business, but 
a lot of my readers are not in the business. They don't want to know anything about, you know, mm-hmm. self-publishing and, you know, they don't want to know about any of this stuff. They just want to know, you know, when's, when's a good book coming out and where can I get it? Mm-hmm. And, and so my website I use for my books, but anything else that's related to the subjects in my books, you know, things that, things that I'm interested in, things that went into my book, I think, well, that's probably, you know, something in these books interested my readers. So, they, this is what they're going to want to know more about, you know, is the little details that didn't make it into the book because, you know, a book can only be so long and things like that. And, and also other books that are related to, that are similar or comparable or related to mine in some way. Um, so that's what I do there. Now, the third website that you haven't heard about is, um, it, it, it's kind of a, a, a temporary thing and it's, it's actually a travel blog of my character. Um, oh, how so. Yeah, so it's um, it's actually I started that when I went um, to Egypt to research um, for the Vesuvius isotope, and I sort of set it up as a it was just a travel blog that I set up while I was in Egypt, and so it really was only active while I was there. Um, although I've just recently kind of decided I think I'm going to bring it back and and use it when whenever I travel for research purposes. And you are kind of a travel junkie. I, that's the sense I get mm-hmm. from from reading about you. Yeah, I am. I've always I've always loved to travel for fun, and um, lately I seem to I seem to travel a lot for my day job. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, I do. I, I love to travel. I okay. love to travel with my family. Some of the reviews that I've read about your book uh, compare them to Dan Brown's books. Mm, yeah. How, how do you How do you feel about that? So I actually. Um, I, I'm not at all surprised about that. Um, mm-hmm. I think that I think that Dan Brown was a big influence. I, I, Angels and Demons was a book that I read um, actually um, during an actual pap- papal conclave when uh, oh. right after Pope John Paul II was uh, right after he died. And so it was a really interesting thing to me. And mm-hmm. while I was just about to travel to Italy for the first time, so when I read that book, I thought it was really interesting and. I, Say what you will about Dan Brown's writing, which mm-hmm. I I agree with, but um, but I still think he's he's a great storyteller, and yes. especially especially the first book of his that I read, I just I couldn't put it down. I thought it was fascinating, and um, and um, so I do think that was a, a very large influence for um, particularly for the Vesuvius isotope, and I think that the third book in the series is going to go back to the kind of historical theme a little bit more than the death row complex did. So I don't, I don't mind being compared to Dan Brown. Um, I, I wish I could be compared to Dan Brown's success. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I, 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 I think it's a fair comparison. I do think my books have that, that element in them. Yeah. And his books, you're, you're right. He's a great storyteller and I don't really get into, I'm, I'm not, I don't like to tear apart people's writing because I'm all about the story. And if the story's good yeah. and I'm intrigued and I'm turning the pages, then I like it. Um, right. So yeah, I, I didn't mean I to, to cast aspersions on Dan Brown, but there are some people that, I don't know, there are just certain popular authors that people dislike primarily mm. because they're so popular. And I loved Angels Agreed. and Demons. That was my Agreed. favorite of his books. Yeah, and if I if I cast my mind back to when when the Da Vinci Code was first kind of coming up in the ranks, I don't remember hearing anybody say that they thought he was a terrible writer. Right. Everybody was like, you've got to read this book. This is the most amazing book on the face of the earth. And now I think it's become really, you know, really popular to kind of bag on his 
his his writing style because of the fact that you know he's now written the the four books and you know there's kind of a formula that has set in but um nonetheless you know, you know sometimes as readers we, we like a good formula <laughs> if if you like right. if you like one book you're going to like the next right. one and you're going to like the next one mm-hmm. i mean it's a little bit like the the piling on that goes on of uh, james patterson sometimes i don't oh, think yeah. i've ever read a james patterson book that i could put down they just yeah. they keep you turning the pages they do yeah um, i know they tend and to be forgettable when when you're done with them but they're yeah. they're enjoyable while you're reading them so yeah. uh, some of the comparisons that i read were that this were these were like a smarter version of and I can't remember the character, the um, Dan Brown's character, but like a smarter version of him, which I think is is, is pretty apt. Pretty apt yeah, I liked that review. Um, I thought that was funny. But uh, yeah, somebody uh, she said my, that Katrina Stone is a, a smarter, sexier version of Robert Langdon. <laughs> I thought that was funny. But um, yeah, I I think that my character is um, you know she she. I wouldn't say she's smarter, but she definitely has a different area of expertise. You know, she has a, I I think that, um, you know, Dan Brown's character, Robert Langdon is a a symbologist, which I believe is a made up profession, which I thought was very cool. Mm -hmm. You know, um, my, my character has a, a profession that's actually real and that a lot of people, you know, do. Um, and so it's probably a little bit easier to flesh out. And it was fun as a reader to, to kind of understand a little bit more about what it's like to be the kind of person that Katrina Stone is. The idea of going out and applying for grants and things like that are foreign to most of us. Yeah, yeah, that's something that I, when I first started writing, I kind of felt like I had a niche there because I feel like it's something that isn't, I've never read books written by PhDs and not this kind of book. I've read medical thrillers written by MDs that, you know, talk about working in hospitals and having patients. And, but this career is a little bit different than that. You know, we, we don't deal with patients. We don't treat patients. We, we're kind of a lot more behind the scenes and we try mm-hmm. to find the medicines that are eventually going to go to patients, but we have our own, uh, political nightmare to deal with that, um, <laughs> that it, I, I just felt that it was an underrepresented niche in the, in the, thriller space in general. And, uh, I, I, I felt like it was something that I could, that I could speak to. Well, one, one last thing, and I'll let you go because I know you're going to work today. And as a cancer researcher, I'm all (laughs) all in favor of you getting to work. (laughs) Thank you. You wrote something on Facebook the other day that was hysterical. So for people who don't follow you on Facebook, it had to do with going to get your nails done. So can you can you share that story with our listeners? Oh yes. So this this I, I said on Facebook this has to win some kind of award on the coincidence scale. Um, so the death row complex. Uh, it, this isn't much of a spoiler because it takes place in the very beginning of the book, but it starts with an anthrax um, attack in a prison. And my protagonist, biolog- biologist Katrina Stone, you know, she has she gets caught up in this. And so the other day, I go in to get my nails done, and I'm talking. I just start chatting with this girl in the salon, and 
she's she's looking at the color of my nails, which I picked because it matches my book cover, and <laughs> which was fabulous, <laughs> which was funny. And so um, I said, "Oh yeah, I just I like this because it matches my book cover." And she says, "Oh, you're an author." She starts asking me about my books, and we start chatting. And I t- she says, "So what's the book about?" And I tell her what the book's about. I say, "Well, you know, it's about this doctor, and um, and there's a." biological terror attack in a prison. And she says, oh, well, I'm a doctor and I work in a prison. <laughs> and I, my jaw just completely dropped. I, was, I said, you've, you've got to be kidding me. And she says, no. And she says, well, I said, well, are you an MD? And she says, well, yeah, I'm, head of, I'm the head of psychiatry for the California prison system. I said, oh, so you're familiar with San Quentin then? And she said, yeah. I said, that's, that's where the book takes place or that's where the attack takes place and you know, parts of the book. And um, so we we launched into a 20-minute discussion of our day jobs, and, um, you know, she, she bought a bunch of books on the spot because she just was so excited about it. And I was I was kind of flabbergasted because I didn't have the books on me, and I, I was like, wait, you, you just met me. Are you really writing me a check right now for books? And she's like, well, you know, I think if you're a scam artist, this is probably a pretty elaborate scam because you've... <laughs> You've, um, you know, come in here with the nail polish color and the book cover. You've got it in your phone. I'm looking at it. You gave me a business card. You know, I said, okay, well, fair enough. <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, she um, she bought some books. And uh, she's. I, I think she probably is the only person in the entire county of San Diego that works at San Quentin S- uh, State Prison, which is 500 miles away from San Diego, and uh, that is also a doctor. So I was just, I was just blown away. The whole time I was standing there talking to her, I was thinking, I can't believe I just randomly started talking to this person. But, and I told her, I said, I wish that I would have met you before I published the death row complex. Cause I would have had you proofread it for me. But, um, although I did have it proofread by another friend of mine who, um, her husband works in the prison system. So well, that's hopefully, a fantastic hopefully story. I got that stuff. And it just goes yeah. to show the value of getting your nails done. It does, and it, it it also goes to show that you really should keep books in your car, which I <laughs> I, I, sh- I should have had them there. But We live and we learn, right? Yes, we do. So, Chris, yeah. what's the best way? We've mentioned a few websites, and I'll link to all of them, but what's the best way for people to keep up with your work? Probably uh, by going to my, my main website, Chris at com, and uh, there's right at the top of the page, there's a sign-up for my mailing list, um, and if you sign up for my mailing list, I will send you something for free. That's probably the best way for you to reliably uh, hear from me. You can always, um, you know, follow me on Facebook, on all of those sites, but as you know, you'll only see... 20% of what I post or whatever. So if, if you lucky, if you want to know, yeah. right. So if you want to know, um, you know, about the books and things that are coming out and, and also related topics, if you're interested in my books, you'll be re- interested in other books that I like to read too. Um, and um, so if you want to know any of that, go to kristinalisephd.com and sign up on my mailing list. All right, Chris, thank you so much. It was great talking with you. Thank you so much, Steve. You too. This is Stephen Campbell for crimefiction.fm. You can find us on iTunes and on the web at www.crimefiction.fm. If you are an iTunes listener, please subscribe and give us a rating or review. Those help other crime fiction readers find great new books like The Death Row Complex from Kristen Elise. Thanks for listening.